We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The white flag waves over Kyle Busch. One lap to go. Sponsored by Credit One Bank. 1.9. That's the gap to Keselowski. Boy, I mean, to me, these guys have put together a pretty flawless day. I mean, they lost some track position, but otherwise they have been flawless throughout this day. I just think a lot of the experience that Kyle has in the trucks and in the Xfinity cars and with this engine package where you got to stay in the throttle, that's the way those 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 other vehicles are. I think it really pays off for him. Last lap by, he was still the fastest car on the racetrack by half a tenth of a second over Brad Keselowski. Kyle Busch for Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing wins the Pocono 400, his 55th career win, tying Rusty Wallace for ninth on NASCAR's all-time win list. 55 wins, and he's still a young man. It's time for the Fox 4 Race Zone. I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dooley. Thanks to Fox Sports for the highlights of today's last lap at Pocono. It was a great day in Pocono. The weather was good. No worries about anything. No, no. It was a beautiful day for a race. And for once at a Pocono race, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. Um, some excitement on the track. Some drivers had a hard time, uh, including Kyle Larson at the end. Um, Matthew D and Benedetto. I probably mispronounced that right there. Um, but yeah, from what I saw, um, a lot of lead chain, a lot of drivers, different leads. A lot of that was with pit strategies. Um, but from some of the drivers are still hearing passing is a tough call, but, uh, seeing, of course, Penske and Gibbs up top, no surprise there, but Chase Elliott, he's staying consistent. Um, William Byron, he was up there a lot. Uh, he was on the pole, um, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. And... It's all mixed. There's been a lot the last couple of weeks since we've been off. Um, with we've got the 600 and now the tricky triangle. And a good uh, top five day for Boyer. was a good top day. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished today in the Pocono 400 at Pocono Raceway. In first place in his fourth win of the season, Kyle Busch. Second, Brad Kozlowski. Followed by Eric Jones in third. Chase Elliott in fourth. Clint Boyer in fifth. Denny Hamlin in sixth. Joey Logano, 7th, followed by Daniel Suarez, William Byron, and Eric Amarola. 11th was Kurt Busch, 12th Ryan Blaney, 13th Daniel Hemrick, 14th Chris Busher, 15th Alex Bowman, 16th Ryan Newman, 17th Matt Benedetto, 18th Paul Menard, 19th Jimmy Johnson, 20th Michael McDowell. In 21st, we have Bubba Wallace, followed by Kevin Harvick in 22nd. 23rd is Ryan Priest, followed by Ross Chastain, Bailey Curry, Kyle Larson in 26th, Ty Dillon in 27th, 
Reed Sorensen, 28th. Quinn Huff in 29th, and in 30th, David Reagan. 31st was Landon Castle, 32nd, Ricky Stenhouse. Matt Tiff was 33rd. J.J. Yaley back in the Cup Series is 34th. Martin Truex Jr., 35th. 36th was Corey LaJoy, and 37th after a hard crash into the, he backed his car into the wall. Number three, Austin Dillon finished in 37th. Well, another great day for Kyle Busch, Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, we thought not, maybe not the, all of Joe Gibbs racing. We we thought maybe the curse was broken. We were you know we were going to see other guys in in victory in victory lane. Not today. It was Kyle Busch, but as you'll see here in a little bit, he wasn't. He even though he got the win, he was a little he was a little testy in the post race press conference. He was not happy about, and has not been happy about this arrow package, and he makes that known, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes, but. Pretty much when Kyle Busch got out front, he pretty much dominated this race, and really no one could touch him. He led 79 laps out of the 160, so he was pretty a, a pretty dominant car all day long. Yeah, um, I, I think, yeah, and it's kind of it's hard. To, other drivers are probably wondering like why <laughs> Kyle's so frustrated when he's he's winning. I mean, four races this year already. We're coming up, uh, I think, the halfway mark of the season. And for as many wins as he's had already, uh, I mean, there's drivers like Kevin Harvick who's, who still haven't had a win yet this season, or even Jimmy Johnson, had, he's had his dry spell. Um, so it's kind of hard to see why Bush is frustrated. But as a fan, I mean, there are times that it seems like, I mean, we, we started to see a little bit better at Kansas. Um, and I thought the 600, I almost felt like the All-Star race is more exciting than the 600. But so, and I think what could be some of Bush's frustrations on the aero package is it's almost gotten him in trouble with NASCAR and some of his comments. So I think he gets tired of being asked about and talking about it just because he just <laughs> his mouth might run him and get him in trouble. In fact, actually, the very first question he was asked at the post-race press conference, they asked him about, you complain about the aero package, but when you win... Do you still have complaints about it? So uh, here was the answer Kyle gave to the media after his win at the Pocono 400. Um, I think I passed one car today. That was on the outside of turn three, and I got a good run through turn two and kind of shallowed entry to turn three a little bit, and uh, Boyer went to block, so I just shot out to his outside, got alongside of him. I mean, that was that was it. Um, I don't know if anybody else passed anybody on the racetrack for the lead like that, but um, if so, then maybe this package is awesome. But... That's all I know. Now, the very next question right out of the gate, they didn't ask him about the win. They didn't ask him about, about how his car ran, you know, the normal questions you hear them answer at the post-race press conference. They didn't ask him those normal questions. The next question out of the box was from a, a, a local newspaper reporter, and he started right in on the whole aero package situation, and Kyle pretty much, well, I'll let Kyle answer the question about the aero package. Stop asking me package questions. I'm done answering them. Next. Yeah, stop asking him about the arrow package, please, because he gets testy. He, he said, and then he goes on in this, you'll hear in this next soundbite, he goes on and talks about it again, even though he said, stop asking me about it. But he's, he's got a good point. Um, he's kind of a lightning rod, and when, when he says something, sometimes the people in the media, and especially people who don't cover this sport all the time, like the, the local reporter there from the Pocono, Pocono News, I think it was, they're not around these guys all the time, and sometimes they get a little testy with people they don't know, and, and uh, he pretty much shut this guy down, and you didn't hear from him the rest of the press conference. 
Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, Kyle, he is he's a champion of the sport. He tied Rusty Wallace today for wins. I mean, he's one of the top, you know, drivers in the sport now. Um, you know, Jimmy Johnson's kind of been a dry spell. He's still a seven-time champion, but Bush is is kind of the top performer right now. And so I think some of the media want to know his opinion um, on a lot of these topics. And he, he's had a voice uh, on the package all season and what he's thought. And like I said earlier, you know, it's almost got him in trouble before. Um, and, and today, you know, he was saying, you know, if he, he would be shocked if anyone else was able to pass on the track today. In fact, he talks about this in this next cut with the media. He talks about what his job is as a race driver and how tough it is to do his job with this aero package. I just go, man. I just do what I'm supposed to do. I try to drive as hard as I can, as fast as I can. If there's a car in front of me, I try to pass him. Whichever way I can do that, I try to do it. And if I can't do it, uh, there's days that I'd get ultimately frustrated because I don't feel like my true talents uh, can show on the racetrack because I'm too limited by the air of everything that's kind of going around around me that I can't make any. I can't do anything. As a race car driver, when you can't do anything and you can't showcase what your abilities are and how good you should be or you feel like you are, then um, there's there's certainly some, some tense moments and some high frustrations. Um. And then finally, finally, he kind of calms down and relaxes a little bit when somebody asks him about what do you, how do you feel about passing some of these big, big names in the sport? You now have tied Rusty Wallace with 55 wins and ninth all time. How do you feel about that? What does that mean to you? And he gets... Well, he doesn't really get sentimental. He just I'll let him I'll let Kyle put it in his own words. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's pretty special. You know, we just keep on doing what we're supposed to do. I um I've won fifty five of them I guess, but man, there's probably just as many that I've that I've lost out on and I know that I could that I could I could have them back, you know, I'd be I'd be well on my way. Um but overall just um you know, keep keep fighting, keep digging. Um it it's pretty cool to continue to um to get with and eclipse many of these great names that uh, have helped our sport, build our sport uh, to what it is today and have been um, icons for that matter. Now we know you and I have talked before about wanting personality back in NASCAR. Well, the last couple of weeks, it's, it's kind of been ever since uh, Clint Boyer played Rock'em Sock'em Robot with, with his buddy, um, Ryan Newman. We're starting to see maybe a little bit of that personality coming back and Kyle Busch not being, not being afraid to speak his mind about the aero package. And, and uh, so maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I don't know with Kyle Busch. <laughs> but that, that's, you know, his personality. And Boyer, even though he had a top five day, and he, he said in a, in a post-interview uh, after the race, you know, he felt like he had a top five car all day. But he, it started to get frustrating because he's – he has been consistent in a lot of the races uh, the past few weeks, but not being able to pull off that win, you know, it's got to be frustrating. Um, same thing, you know, I'm sure with Kevin Harvick and some of the other. I mean, Stuart Haas hasn't had a win yet this year, and that's that's shocking, especially with Kevin Harvick. Even though Harvick he is, is on top in points, but we usually see a win out of him by now. And I think that win's coming, but I, I got to wonder if he's – you know, he got a penalty on pit road today because of a tire that got away on a on a pit stop, and that put him down. Then he had a problem with the uh, steering box on the car that that really hampered them. But if you remember in the past when his crew when his crew when his pit crew messed up, he was not afraid to call them out. Yeah. And uh, they have very many more days like this where they cost him places on the racetrack. I think he will probably voice his opinion on on that situation. 
I agree. Um, that I think that's what happened in the All Star race too. He was frustrated on you know pit road problems and uh, felt like that cost him the win too. Something else too. Watching the, the last the caution when Stenhouse Jr. hit the wall at the end, there was a lot of drivers that chose to pit, and Kyle decided to stay out. Kyle Busch, and I'm wondering if more drivers stayed out if there would have been a chance for some other drivers too. Well, I think I think car position was so important in this race that you didn't want to lose that caution came with I don't remember how many laps were left there weren't many left because I think they went to green with about 10 left Um, but position on the track was so important today you really didn't want to give that up because of the trouble some guys had passing I don't think if you were in the lead I think you were just you, you had to go for it I don't think you would have a leader would have take, stopped and taken anything there because at that point somebody's going to stay out and take the lead. Now the gamble is two or four, and will those four beat the old four? I don't know, but it may have been a, it may have been a little bit different if uh, if if that had if different guys had decided to stay out. But it's always a gamble with late race cautions. One of the one of the things I love about Pocono is you know the the wide. Uh, front stretch and now oh, yeah. they go you, six you wide get, like, and nine guys wide on that. It's crazy. And then in the first <laughs> turn, when they suddenly like don't rack, it always blows my mind. You know, if there's a guy who has every right to be frustrated, and it's a Kyle, and it's Kyle Larson, man, is it a day? Is it a Sunday that ends in Y? Because every Sunday, that guy, every race runs a great race, and then something happens. To just ruin their day, and it happened again today. Racing there towards the finish, he was in the top ten. Um, looked like he was maybe going to uh, make some noise. And hit the I mean, wall. He'd, already, he'd, he'd already led thirty-five laps, but he slams into the wall. And I, I never did see if there was uh, if he had any help getting into the wall. I don't. I think they were just racing for position, and he was just driving hard and got into the wall. But that guy leading thirty-five laps, thinking that. Maybe we're going to break this bad luck spell that we're having, but no, it uh, again into the wall. Car loses handling, and and uh, he finished well out of the top ten. But I think a lot of it seems like um, kind of like baseball. The the summer run in NASCAR, things can change. Drivers that have been doing well so far might have start having some problems, and drivers we haven't seen uh, might be stepping up. So this summer, I'll be curious at some of the tracks and see if the, we start seeing. More of the Hendrick drivers, Alex Bowman, Byron, Chase Elliott, and some of the Stuart Haas drivers um, start performing better and, and getting these Gibbs and Pinsky drivers out of victory lane. You know, who was famous for having pretty poor performing spring time races, early, early in the season races, was Tony Stewart. And man, when it got hot out, Look out, because that cat could go put together a string of three wins in a row, four wins in a row. He, there was something about him that it just took him a while to get warmed up, we used to say. And once he did, he could put together a string. And I think we have guys like that. Kevin Harvick is a guy who can put together a string of wins really easily and uh, put, a, put an end to this domination by Gibbs. But, uh, man, if you're, if you're on the Gibbs team, you've got to be feeling, you've got to be feeling pretty good about your season and the way things are going for your team because they – the last five races, Martin Truex has three wins. The first eight races, Kyle Busch had three wins. Now he's got his fourth win. So seven, 
of the races were won by Kyle Busch or Martin Truex Jr. So that's that's a pretty dominating year so far, but we do have a long ways to go. Yeah. And uh, after a 600 win, not a good week to follow up for Martin Truex Jr. He had engine problems in the race, uh, which took him out, but he's locked in the chase. I mean, it's, it's a disappointing day, but he has nothing to worry about until the end of the season. Let's go ahead and take a look at the point standings here. Kyle Busch is your leader. Joey Logano is second. Joey Logano's kind of gotten quiet here recently. We've not really seen a whole lot of um, – he's always seems to be there at the end but not had not been able to close the deal recently. Chase Elliott is third, running well for uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Brad Keselowski is fourth. Kevin Harvick fifth. Tough year for him like we talked about. Denny Hamlin sixth. Martin Truex Jr. seventh. Kurt Busch eighth. Ryan Blaney ninth. Clint Boyer tenth. And then rounding out the uh, top 16 – is Kyle Larson, but he's there just by, just by. It's such a thin margin over Jimmy Johnson that uh, actually it's uh, actually they're tied. Kyle Larson is ahead. He must have the tiebreaker. But like you say, still a lot of races to go. And and on the broadcast today, they were talking about um, cutoff dates. And I think it's a little premature to start talking about that. But they were talking about the 16th place in points and who's going to be there. Do I think Jimmy Johnson is going to finish outside the chase based on points this year? No, I think he'll be there. I think, like you talked about, they're going to heat up. I still think they're having problems with that team and communication and getting to know each other. And I may be way off, but they just don't, they just don't seem to be firing on all cylinders, the corner race phrase. And you just not seeing Johnson even as a contender up front has kind of been surprising. And, uh, just from a seven-time champion, you'd think something would kind of happen by now, or something would. I mean, even with Clint Boyer hasn't had a win yet this year, you're seeing consistency. Same thing we saw with Alex Bowman a few weeks ago. Johnson, it's like, oh, he'll make a couple top tens here, but even going into that top five or even leading laps. Well, I think everybody thought the change in crew chiefs, splitting up Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson, and uh, and bringing in a new crew chief. I think a lot of people believed that that was going to bring instant success back to Jimmy Johnson. Well, it didn't. Um, and we've talked about it here, and I've, I've talked about it for years um, on my radio show, about how long it takes for the crew chief and the driver to just gel, to, to, to get to know each other. Chad and Jimmy knew each other. They could finish each other's sentences. They were... It was almost like they were one mind when they were in the race car and, and, and Canales was on the pit box. It takes a long time for that to happen. Jeff Gordon changed crew, had crew chief changes several times in his career, had great success with Ray Everham, and then, and then um, Robbie, Robbie Loomis won a championship with him, and then Robbie moved on, and then he, then he had Steve Letard, and they didn't have quite the success, no championships. But it took a while for, for guys like Jeff – Jeff Gordon and his crew chief to to mind meld for lack of a better term and to know to be on the same page and I think there may be still battling that a little bit with Hendrick and uh, Jimmy Johnson but we'll see I Jimmy's one of those guys who can heat up and and put together a string of wins in a hurry too so I'm not worried about him but uh they need to pick it up they need to they need to get their stuff together because even though it's only June Man, the races uh, to qualify for the championship are quickly slipping by. 
And and going back, I was just looking at an article that I have from the Associated Press. Uh, Kyle Bush saying, you know, this this package isn't able to. He's not able to show his true talents as a driver. Um, and even uh, Mike Joy with Fox Broadcasting said that they made it look easy and they didn't really give them a lot to talk about. That there aren't drivers passing each other and. Um, and Bush, I think, you know, he won today, but he felt like there wasn't much of a challenge there. Once he got the lead, he was able to dominate. And even taking the lead on that final restart with 10 laps to go, uh, I mean, at the end, he was a couple seconds ahead of the drivers behind him that there was no chance. And um, so it, it's been hit or miss, but I think that's really what fans and drivers want. They want side-by-side racing and not just have it be the last 10 laps or something, have it all throughout the race. Yeah, you know, Kansas, I think, was a great example of where everything worked. It was a, it was an amazing race. The finish was fantastic. It was probably, in my mind, the best mile-and-a-half race we've had this season, and not because we're in Kansas City, but just watching. It, there was lots of action on the track. There was lots of passing, and it, it, whatever, they, whatever they did at Kansas really, really worked. Um. Sometimes you wanted some drivers, Kyle Busch being who he is and, and as competitive as he is, uh, I understand those comments about being frustrated about not being able to really show his talent as a driver. All of these drivers really want more control in their hands, and some of these guys who came up uh, from racing dirt tracks you know, in their younger years and made their way up, um, guys like Clint Boyer and guys like Kyle Larson and you know they they like to have a lot of control of that race car, and they like to you know they like to use their talent to put it where it needs to go. And uh, I can understand that frustration, but I don't know what the perfect answer is. I, I don't know if it's it, it, if the answer is in the tires. Is there a change they need to make in the tires? Um, I don't know what it is, but Kyle Busch is frustrated but as long as he keeps winning I, I think it will limit his frustration yeah i never heard jimmy johnson complain when he won five championships in a row <laughs> no he didn't he didn't complain but that was not the hendrick way the hendrick way is is a very corporate very buttoned down very very together image and and jimmy jimmy did that well jeff gordon did that well uh junior got there he, he had a little trouble adjusting to that when he first went there but but uh, as long as Kyle keeps winning and, you know, he's got, like I said, he's got four already, uh, I think that'll probably quell his, his uh, carping about the arrow package unless next week he does not – next week in Michigan he doesn't place well, he doesn't run well, then we'll, we'll start hearing it again. He'll start answering those questions again. Which I'm looking at the past uh, races that are going back to June 2015, and uh, Kyle Busch is not – on the list in victory lane at michigan but there is another kyle that won there two times in 2017 and once in 2016 that he might have his uh, luck going around he's definitely coming at a track that he's he's pretty good at you know used to be back in the back in the day and i have a few years on you but when you when they would go to michigan you you just knew that a roush fenway car was going to win at, at Michigan. It just always seemed to be that way. Matt Kenseth ran well there. Jeff Burton back in the day ran well there. Um, Carl Edwards ran well there. And and it's kind of a cool deal because Roush has 
some some uh, corporate interest there in Michigan. It's kind of like a, a, a home track for them. But they always seem to dominate there, and that's kind of gone away. I mean, as well as a lot of Roush Fenway's dominance, they just struggled for the last few years. But Michigan is, is kind of an interesting track. It is, I think, the last track I could remember that ran with no cautions. I think that was the last race, it was, and I believe Dale Jarrett won that race with no caution flags, and it was a snoozer, I'm telling you, because there was no caution, not even a debris caution. At least we have the stage races now that you know we get at least those. The stage cautions. races will break that up a little bit, but but that that race in particular, Dale Jarrett just I think I, I, I'm dominated in. I met a couple at the Kansas Speedway years ago, uh, the main night race, and they they traveled to races all over and they said that uh the guy i met uh who went there with his wife i think he said he like walked out and the race was so boring i don't think it was that one but um he said michigan was very boring he loves kansas but he said michigan he wouldn't go back to i've heard that from a lot of people that the michigan just isn't just not exciting it's fast it's uh I can't remember what the banking is at Michigan, but but it's fast, it's wide. Um, you have plenty of, of space to race, um, but it is one of those tracks that's that's on the on the schedule. You got to go to it and and get through it and and move on. And it could be an it, like I said before, the the number of races that are left to qualify for the chase. I mean, they're slowly ticking away, and somebody probably needs to turn their luck around at Michigan to get to victory lane and we've got a whole slew of people who need to do that and like i said looking at the the past races larson's got three wins there and the last winner there in uh august of last year was kevin harvick and then in june of last year was clint boyer another just Stuart Haas teammate so some drivers we've been talking about that um have been consistent or not having some good luck that we usually see have some luck by now um michigan might be the track they want to go to. Do you think that any of those teams we've talked about, Boyer, Harvick, Johnson, um, Kyle Larson, uh, do you think any of those teams yet are getting desperate? Do you think there's a little feeling of desperation in, in those teams? I think, Karen, Harvick, I haven't really seen. I mean, he's been frustrated, but I think he's just kind of just as a veteran driver um, – I'm sure it's frustrating, but I haven't really heard anything. Boyer, hearing him today, I think he's starting to get frustrated because he feels like his team's performing. He's got a good car, but just is not able to close. And, of course, Larson, we know, has you know, been frustrated with the bad luck he's had. He had the all-star race, but that gives you a million dollars, no points. He's not locked in yet. But um, I, I think... Next week, I think Michigan could be a really good thing for these drivers. I think if there's any driver out there that may be getting close to desperation, I would think it's got to be Jimmy Johnson. It's been over two years since he's won a race. That is a huge, huge dry spell. Yeah, and he seems calm about it. You know, he never seems. But right now, I mean, Hendrick Motorsports seemed to be struggling a bit early on in the season. But then, um, you know, Chase Elliott's got to win. Alex Bowman had multiple second places, and Byron we're seeing you know get pulls and and run fast. 
Jimmy Johnson, who should be like the the head, the leader of this team, uh, you know, he's not kind of up there with the other Hendrick Motorsports cars. So we are. Let's see how many races are we into the season? I can't remember which race this was. Thirteen. <laughs> Sounds about right. Thirteen. <laughs> I think it's thirteen. Thirteen races into the season. Um, not quite halfway, but. What is your biggest disappointment yet this already this season? As we're 13 races in, what's your biggest disappointment so far? <laughs> Too many Joe Gibbs wins and <laughs> Penske. Um, they're, they're all telling the drivers, don't get me wrong, but I've always been a Hendrick Motorsports fan. And, you know, my driver, Chase Elliott, has a win. But I think, and even with them, and this far, we're in June now, and the only other driver that's won a race on a points race is Chase Elliott. Other than that, it's... Yeah, it's been different drivers, but it's been the same teams. I, I would like to see, you know, Ross Finn, you know, Ryan Newman maybe get a shot at a win, and uh, you know, Stuart Haas racing even, um, just more teams get more, I guess, diversity. Wins. Yeah, yeah, and and more. I mean, with this package, I want to see back. I mean, we saw it at Kansas, um, the All Star race, and even the opener. That was exciting. Of course, that was. Drivers weren't worrying about points or anything, but just more kind of aggressive racing and just lead changes and things like that. Yeah, I, I think if I the on track performances have have been pretty good. Uh, I'm 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 pretty satisfied with that. I think for me, the biggest disappointment I'm seeing this year, and and everybody's denying it, but I know what my lion eyes tell me. I'm I'm disappointed with the attendance at tra- at racetracks this season. Every time you turn on, you watch the broadcast and they pan the stands. There's thousands of empty seats. And my aunt and uncle who've they've had season tickets since the opening of the Kansas Speedway. They said now the, like the Kansas Speedway even they've done away with some seats and they have put like tables or something in front. Or you know I know at some tracks they take out seats for banners or ads and stuff and. Yeah, and I, I was talking with someone else today. Um, NASCAR just needs to do something to market, and they got to start attracting newer. I think they rely so much. Some of their older fans are sort of leaving. Some people are just, you know, I know so many people that after Dale Earnhardt Sr. passed away, they were like, I quit watching it. But now you have Dale Jr. gone. Gordon's been gone for a few years. Tony Stewart. A lot of these big names, and... Some people kind of get out of it. They don't feel like going with another driver. Drivers seem to change teams a lot now. But one of the things they got my my parents don't watch it anymore, but they were into it in the early 2000s. They loved the how bad have you got at commercials. And I mean, they had Dell Jarrett and the UPS truck when UPS was his sponsor for the 88. Um, that really attracted that she was like, it was like watching the Super Bowl every week. Just funny commercials. I love the commercials. And. I think NASCAR needs to find some way that way. Um, there's things they can do with social media nowadays, but attract younger audiences and show that it's, it isn't just cars going around in circles and all that. There's a lot more to the sport, and it, it is fun. Yeah, it is, and I think they're working on that, and I think the new president CEO uh, is working to change some of that, and, and we're seeing some changes coming next year to the scheduling, which will be different, which will be way different. It'll be really, really weird. I, I, I got to wait to get into it next year, but two ra- two Pocono races back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. I I don't know if I want to sit through two of those in two days, but 
anyway, great race at Pocono. Great win for Kyle Busch, 55th of his career. Moving to Michigan. What do you see for Michigan next week, Brian? I'm uh, I'm in between Clint Boyer and Kyle Larson because Boyer's been having some good, consistent finishes, um, some frustrations at the end, but I think he really wants that win. But I want to go with Larson because he's got three wins pretty recently in the last few years at Michigan. Um, I think that's a track that he can really – as a former dirt track racer, he's able to get around, run against the wall, and just really make some moves. Um, Harvick, I think, also has a chance there. But whenever this season, it seems like when I pick Harvick, it's a track he uses it as well out, but he doesn't. And that could happen. But I I think Larson, I'm going to go with Larson next week. I think his luck turns around. He gets a win, and he gets locked into the chase. Well, I'm going to go with Harvick. I, I think he's driving a Ford. Fords have always done really, really well at this track. Like I said, Rosh Fenway used to dominate at this track back in the day. And and I really think it's time. I think Harvick has, has had some great runs, not been able to close the deal. You know, they've nicknamed him the closer. He's not closed anything yet this year. He's come close, and he's run well. But I think if that team can avoid problems on pit road, I think that they may uh, maybe finally make it to uh, victory lane next week in Michigan. I was thinking the other day, <laughs> our picks have never won. I know. It's that I, I should just pick Kyle Busch every week because I picked him for the All-Star race, I think, and you think he lost. Bad, you think the bad juju might uh, yeah. help break the, the curse? And then I picked Harvick because Harvick had a good run um, at the All-Star race and thought, okay, he's going to get it together for the 600. And then Truex Jr. did his domination to get in a mile and a half, uh, which wasn't a shocker, but... Um, I, I do want. I hope Larson gets a win. If Chase Elliott wins, I'd rather have that. But either way, it's a Chevy, and not Joe Gibbs or Penske. Well, whatever happens next week in Michigan, Brian and I will be here to wrap it up on the race zone. So uh, be sure to join us. You can check out uh, some of our writing at uh, Fox4KC.com. Click on the sports tab. You can see some uh, racing stories there. Click on the podcast page, and you can listen to all of the amazing, terrific episodes of the race zone. Um, hope you enjoy them. We, we, we're having a good time doing it. We're just a couple guys who like to talk about racing, and uh, it lets us pursue our passions. So uh, check us out online at fox4kc.com. Uh, we, we're you download, we're, at, we're, on, we're at the Apple App Store. We, you can get our podcast at, at, the, at the podcast store from Apple, anywhere else, actually. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can, you can uh, hook us up, right? Yep. I usually go back and listen to us on Spotify. Spotify, Stitcher wherever wherever you get your podcast you can get us so uh, whatever happens in michigan we'll be back here next week to wrap it up that's it for this week's edition of the fox 4 race zone look around you can find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.